When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. For those of you who were wondering or noticed, I missed posting an episode over the last week of November. It just so happened my husband and I are moving to a new house and I completely underestimated how much work it would take to pack up all our things, including the bookshelves of fairy tale books, pack them into cars, vans and trucks and get them to the new house. We were bone tired by the time we had everything under the same roof and that first night we just got the bed set up before we fell into it and went to sleep. The next morning, I had to face the chaos of the house and begin unpacking, discovering the nooks and crannies that you never really see before you buy. That evening, I thought I had the kitchen pretty well under control, and the next morning, I decided to scramble eggs. But my spatula was missing. Yes, there's chaos in moving, but how did I lose my spatula? I could have sworn... I used a wooden spoon went about my day, but I noticed other things missing as well. Where was my left slipper? Who had eaten all the marmalade? Then I spotted the tiny footprints in the dust we had tracked inside when bringing in boxes, and I realized what we had. We had house gnomes. The first teller for this episode is Ed Stivender. Ed's been telling stories on festivals and stages for some time now. In reviews of his work, Ed Stivender has been called the Robin Williams of storytelling, and I do hear that when he starts to tell a story on this podcast. He has many wonderful albums of work, and in the spirit of the season, this is him telling the story of the nativity. People say to me, hey, Santa Francis of Assisi, if Jesus loved to party so much, How did he ever get into this partying mood? Well, he did on the very first day he was born. So I'd like to tell you the story of the first Christmas party. And to do that, I need some audiovisual aids. You guys know what a Christmas creche is. You know, the little stable scene with statues of Mary and the baby and the angels and the kings and the shepherds. Who do you think invented the very first Christmas creche. Just take a wild guess. That's right. I, Santa Francis of Assisi, invented the very first Christmas creche. But here in the United States, some people have made a federal case out of it. <laughs> Literally. And so, instead of having a creche set, I have brought a chess set. This way, if an agent of the federal government comes in, we can say we're playing chess and the festival won't lose its federal funding. (laughs) So, first thing is, we get the rook or the castle. 
We get four castles. And you make a stable. People say, hey, a castle, a stable with castles, what's that about? How can you have a stable with castles? Well, it's a very special stable because it's here that the king of kings is born. So you get the four castles, and then you make that stable. And you make it real nice. And then that'll be good. And then you get these three guys and put them in the east. Which way is the east? Behind me? Let's pretend the east is over here. I hope I'm not messing up anybody's GPS by having the east over here. And then let's these two guys and put them in the fields. Where are the fields? Over here, okay? Over here, right here. Sort of the electromagnetic field. <laughs> so I think we're about ready to tell the story of the first Christmas party starring the queen. Once upon a time, long time ago, there was a young lady named Mary. She was the most beautiful, most graceful lady in the whole world. And she was engaged to a guy named Joseph. One day, she was hanging out in her garden when all of a sudden, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Who are you? I am an angel of the Lord. You're kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Angels aren't allowed to kiss. I've got wonderful news for you. If it is your will, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will conceive a mere child. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. If it's all right with you. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Anything God says is fine with me. Congratulations! Good luck explaining it to Joseph! Coming back home from the carpenter shop, going over to see my fiance. Knock, knock, knock. Come in. Hello, Mary. Hello, Joseph. How are you today? I'm fine. What's new? Oh, I've got wonderful news. The Messiah is finally coming. That's great news. When's he going to get here? In about nine months. Really? And how is he going to arrive? I'm going to bear him as a son. What? The Holy Spirit has come upon me, and I have conceived and will bear Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Mary, are you pregnant? Yes. Well, I can safely say that this marriage is off. Goodbye, slam. I don't know what I'll do. I could have her stoned to death. I could have her put away. I could have her put in jail. I guess I better sleep on it. And it was a good thing, too, because it was time for another visit. 
Joseph, 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 wake up, O ye of little faith. Who are you? I am an angel of the Lord. Everything that Mary says is true. You're kidding. No. Angels aren't allowed to kiss. I guess I better go back and apologize, huh? I guess you better. Knock, knock, knock. Come in. Hello, Mary. Hello, Joseph. Can you ever forgive me? Of course. And we can still be married? Of course. So Joseph and Mary were married, and they lived in Nazareth, in Galilee, in the north. One day... Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. By order of the emperor, all Jews are to report to the homes of their forefathers. Joseph, that means you have to go all the way to Bethlehem. Yeah, 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 yeah. By order of the emperor. And so, Mary got on the back of the donkey. <laughs> headed down to Bethlehem. Got to the door of an inn. Yeah, what do you want? Excuse me, sir. We're looking for a place to stay. You got reservations? Ah. Oh. Hmm. No, sir, we didn't know we needed reservations. You got to be kidding me, mister. You expect to stay at the Bethlehem Holiday Inn <laughs> without reservations on Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, sir, we didn't know it would be this busy, and my wife is with child. Well, there's a stable out back, but next Christmas... Make reservations. Thank you, sir. They went around to the stable, and they opened the door. And the donkey sidled up to the manger, which is a feeding place for beasts. And Mary lay down on the straw, and Joseph said, It smells like a stable in here. <laughs> it's all right, Joseph. Whatever God says is fine with me. She lay down in the straw, and Joseph next to her. And when her time had come, you have to close your eyes for this part. Wee, wee. Okay, open your eyes. Wee, 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 wee. Oh, Mary, he's beautiful. May I hold him? Of course. So, Joseph held the baby. Whoopee! Yahoo! Put him back in the manger. And they were very, 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 very happy. They weren't the only ones that were happy. Hey, Chauncey, look at that. Looks like an angel, don't it? Huh. I think it is an angel, Edgar. Wonder what he's trying to tell us. Shepherds, shepherds, shepherds are good news to all men and women. There is born this night in Bethlehem a Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. You're kidding. <laughs> no, angels aren't allowed to kid. So get.
ditch your ass or whatever means of transportation you have. Down to Bethlehem. And so the shepherds got whatever means of transportation they had. And they followed the angel down to Bethlehem. Come in. And they went in. And they knelt down and worshipped the babe. And each of the shepherds had a chance to hold him. And then Chauncey said to Edgar, Hey, Edgar, it smells like a stable in here. We better clean this place up. And it was a good thing, too, because it was time for another visit. This must be the place. It smells like a stable in here. Good thing we brought the frankincense. Now you know. They lit the frankincense and the stable smelled like a palace for it was there that the king of kings was born. And they gave Mary some gold and some myrrh. We're not sure what they did with the myrrh. They had a merry Christmas. But with some of the gold, they went down to the 7-Eleven store and they got potato chips and pretzels and Diet Coke and carbonated water and they had a party, 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 party. They say the party lasted for 12 days. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Hermes High Tops. You might have the latest pair of fashionable shoes, but until you get Hermes High Tops, you might as well go walking around barefoot. Hermes, the messenger of the gods, has created a shoe so light so durable. You will feel like you are floating on air when you walk. You'll feel like you're soaring on the winds when you run, and you will really take off when jumping. These shoes may sound like a dream for all athletes, but Hermes High Tops are for anyone who walks. Librarians who walk the long rows of shelves, you want these. Interns who run for coffee and for the news, these will keep you going. Hermes High Tops. Let your souls soar. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporter, Cascadia. Cascadia just turned nine, so we wish her a big happy birthday. She also has a most interesting gift. She is a magical beast attractor. Each birthday, it is said that a new magical beast finds her and tells her about itself. I heard one birthday, the phoenix came to her party and for a final show burst into flames like fireworks. She has also met the famous Calico Cat from Wonderland and knows exactly what he likes to eat and his favorite joke. We hope she had a lovely birthday and all the magical beasts continue to find her. Cascadia is also a generous supporter of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to her and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Cascadia, become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. And those patrons, you know, they're kind of like first crunch of snow under your foot on a crisp winter morning. Colorado house gnomes are very much like a regular house gnome. They can be helpful when they want to be, but they must be respected. We had moved into their house without so much as a buy or leave, and I think they noticed. 
I'd have to put out more than milk if they were going to forgive me. I thought about it as I put the plates and cups onto their new shelves. I didn't have much food in the house, but I wouldn't be getting to the store for another day or so, and I couldn't afford to see what else they would pilfer. I was putting away the bottled peaches when I had an idea. That night before I went to bed, I fried up some French toast, a sprinkle of cinnamon on top of it, I poured some golden syrup over it and then added a few slices of peaches that I had canned in the summer. Before I turned off the kitchen lights, I quietly introduced us to the house gnomes, promised to take good care of things and fill the house with love. The French toast was half eaten in the morning, and sitting next to the plate was my missing spatula. A little while later, I found my left slipper. But I still haven't seen the jar of marmalade. The second teller for this episode is Cindy Rivka Marshall. Cindy tells multicultural and Jewish stories with universal lessons that resonate with her sense of wonder. She teaches storytelling, communication, oral history, interviewing, and listening skills, and a story-based approach to teaching. When I hear her tell, it feels like I can hear her smiling at me the whole time. You know what I mean. Listen for it. She smiles with her voice as she tells another story for the season— the Latke Miracle. The Latke Miracle. A long time ago, in a small village, lived a young girl named Tova. Her parents made sure that she and her sister Malka had enough to eat each day. But she noticed that her parents often would only eat watery potato soup. Now it was summertime, and she had an idea about how she might be helpful. She took her metal pail and set out down the path through the woods because she remembered seeing a hillside not far from home where there were wild blueberry bushes. And she thought that this might just be the time that they were getting ripe. As she walked along, she imagined that she would carry home a bucket overflowing with blueberries and that her family could have a feast. When she got to the hillside, she did find the blueberry bushes, but there weren't very many. She picked a few and dropped them in her bucket. Plunk, plunk, plunk. And then, she couldn't help it. She picked another handful and stuffed them in her mouth. She was so hungry. After a few more handfuls, she tried to gather some more, but the berries hardly even covered the bottom of the pail. Discouraged, Tova decided to give up and go home. But as she began to walk back through the woods, she heard a strange sound. Oh, help me! It was a person. Tova went in the direction of the voice, and she found an old man caught in a thorn bush. Oh, my coat is caught here. I'm afraid if I move, it will tear. It's my only coat. Can you help me, please? Tova carefully picked the thorns out of the man's almost threadbare coat and helped him get out. Oh, you have done such a mitzvah. You are such a good child to have helped me. But tell me, why are you here in the woods? 
Well, I went to pick blueberries for my family, but I didn't find very many. Would you like a few? Oh, why, thank you. I would like to repay you. Oh, Tova wondered what the man was going to give her. He reached into a sack that he was carrying, and he took out a frying pan. Tova said, Thank you, politely, but she had no idea what she was going to do with a frying pan. Now, I am going to tell you something. You are to bring this pan home with you and put it on your kitchen table. And then, if you say these magic words, the pan is going to fry potato pancakes for you and your family to eat. Here are the words to remember Nes Gadol Haya Sham. Do you know what that means? Well, yes, I do. It's for Hanukkah. It means a great miracle happened there. Why, very good. Now, you can do this any time you wish. And the pan will make potato latkes for you all to eat. As many as you want. Who says potato pancakes are only for Hanukkah? You can eat them any time. And when you have eaten enough to stop the pan, you say these words Judah Maccabee. Can you remember that? Judah Maccabee. Yes, I can remember that. Wow. Whenever I'm hungry, there will be something to eat. Thank you. Tova continued on her way home with her metal pail in one hand. With only a few blueberries left in it, and in the other hand, a large, heavy, black cast iron frying pan. As she was going, she said the magic words over and over in her head so she would remember. And soon, she found herself singing the words like this Neskadol Hayasham. Neskadol Hayasham Judah Maccabee Judah Maccabee Neskadol Hayasham Neskadol Hayasham In no time, she was home, and she told her family to all come and watch as she put the pan on the wooden table in their kitchen. And she said those words Nes Gadol Haya Sham. A great miracle happened there. Magically, the pan filled with hot oil, and out of nowhere, batter appeared. Pancakes flipping over, golden brown. And when they were done, flipping right out of the pan into the waiting plates that her family held. These potato latkes were delicious, cooked 
to perfection. They ate and ate until their bellies were full. And finally, Tova said the words to stop the pan. Judah Maccabee. And the pan not only stopped, but it was sitting there spotlessly clean. From this time on, for several months, Tova's family was able to eat potato latkes whenever they were hungry. It was wonderful. They all began to put on a little weight and feel much better. Now, soon, it would be time for Hanukkah, the holiday when you're really supposed to eat potato latkes. And Tova suggested to her family that they have a big Hanukkah party. Why, they could invite as many people as they wanted to, for they would have plenty of latkes for everyone. The morning before the first night of Hanukkah, Tova and Malka put a big pot on the stove and they cooked up a huge amount of applesauce. They had to stand there stirring for hours. Meanwhile, they also got the house all ready. And then Tova took down their menorah to clean it. Suddenly she realized, I forgot to buy candles. Malka, you're going to have to stay here and, and watch the applesauce. Be really careful on the hot stove. I've got to run to the market before it closes. I'll be right back. Malka, feeling very important to be left there all alone, stood there and stirred the applesauce and tasted it, of course. She had to taste quite a few spoonfuls. But she was getting hungry for something other than applesauce. Her belly was really, really hungry. I wish I could just have some latkes right now. Why not? I could do it. I'll just put the pan on the table. I know the words. Nes gadol haya sham. A great miracle happened there. As Malka stood there with her waiting plate, crisp brown potato pancakes flipped out of the pan. She rushed over to the stove and put a dollop of applesauce. Oh, it was delicious. She was so busy eating, she forgot all about the pan. When she turned around, there were potato latkes piling up all over the table. Some were even falling on the floor. Oh, I guess I better stop the pan. What were those words? Oh, I, do, I don't remember. As she stood there, the potato pancakes were piling up in the kitchen. They were getting as high as Malka herself. She thought, oh, I better go and find Tova. I can't remember those magic words. She must be on her way back from the market by now. Malka ran out the door, and as she pushed the door open, whoosh, the potato pancakes fell out into the road. They were coming out the windows. They were following her as she ran down the street. Tova was on her way home, and she turned the corner, and she saw there on the ground a potato pancake. And then she looked and saw 
another potato pancake. And then she looked beyond that and she saw her sister running towards her potato pancakes following her down the road. Oh, she knew it must have happened. They ran back home. Toba had to fight her way to get through the mounds of potato pancakes and get in the door. She shouted the words to stop the pan. Judah Maccabee! And the pan stopped. Well, needless to say, they had plenty of potato latkes for their party that night. The whole town was invited, and everyone ate and ate and ate until they were full. In the years that followed, whenever someone didn't have enough to eat, they knew who to visit. Tova never did see that little old man again, but she told stories about him to anyone who would listen. And from that time on, that village came to be known as Latki Town. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Ed Stivender at edstivender.com and Cindy Rivka Marshall at cindymarshall.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear more stories. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The beautiful Brainspend fairy tale sponsor was an ad that Google pushed at me for some shoes that I didn't need. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was our recent move. Oh my gosh, it is so exhausting. I mean, woo. The music is by Poddington Bear. The podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. I thought about it as I put the plates and cups onto their new shelves. I didn't have much food in the house, but I wouldn't be getting to the... I didn't have, um, <coughs> that doesn't work. I thought about it as I put, um, <coughs>